IMDb Journey podcast, where not only do we break down one film a fortnight from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including games, etc. So, as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Hendo. How are you going today, buddy? Fantastic, mate. We're back in the studio for another week of recording. I feel like we haven't recorded in ages, and it's been a week and a couple of days. <laughs> Well, I feel like it's because we had the uh, Rosebud Film Festival over the weekend. Yes. So, lots of movies watched. And a massive thank you to Kelly, Jess and Talon for inviting us along to check out all the films they had going on there. I did have to skip out on a couple of films because it was my daughter's birthday this weekend. But Dean, you you went the whole thing, didn't I you? I went the whole hog. Yeah, you every, represented the podcast strong. Every single movie. I was there, bum in seat. And yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever seen so many films at the cinema in such a short time. I mean, it's not, I don't think, I've never seen this many films at the cinema in such a short time. It was, it was incredible. It was an experience. And I, I can't wait to talk about it in the bonus episode. Yes, we will have a bonus episode on our experiences at the film festival and all the films reviewed there uh, coming up at a later date. I do have a little interesting story here, Dean. Do you remember that uh, movie watching challenge I did? How could you forget? Which, which one? You do so many, Hendo. I know, it's true. Do you mean- The big one. The Paul- The one where I almost one? died. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Well- I did die. <laughs> <laughs> Over on the countdown, Paul put out the- the challenge that the first person to get to 500 after himself can get a piece of merch yep. from their, their store. Obviously, I was the one closest, so I, I definitely got there first. <laughs> so we had a little bit of discussion and, uh, well, it came in the mail today. Oh, he's taking his clothes off. Wow. Your very own countdown T-shirt. Very I exciting. I feel honoured to have Wayne's name on my chest. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Very good. But for this episode, Hendo, what are we doing? Well, it's Pod v Pod, so we've got our usual lineup here. It's Pod v Pod 30. It's you and me this time. Yeah, this isn't the usual Pod v Pod. This is our fourth instalment, man. It's Dean versus Daniel. I went back and looked at the records. (laughs) It was one win to me, two to you, so I'm looking to get a tie coming up here. Thank you. You said it last time. You were like, oh, you know, about time you win something. I was like, how? I'm pretty sure I'm in front on these fucking things. In terms of Pod v Pods, yes, you're ahead. That's all that matters. All the other movies we've given throughout, other little tournaments we've done. Irrelevant. I think Irrelevant. the last time you gave me a movie was back in the Pod v Pod 20. No, it wasn't. <laughs> no, but of course, after Pod v Pod 30, we've got our usual question of the week, which is, what is your favourite movie car chase? So we're not actually talking about films here. So my list was a little bit harder to put together here because you're picking specific scenes. This was a lot harder than what I was used to. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, I struggled with this list. Yeah, I'll be honest, me too. Yeah. Yeah. But then after that, it's the results of the best 2000s film tournament, Final 32, first half, of course. Nice. And then we'll be talking about what else we've been watching for the last fortnight, which is a little bit lower than usual since we, we're we not going to be including the, the film festival reviews on here. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's get into it, Dean. Give me the update. All right, Hendo. What's going on on the IMDb Top 250 list? Let's do our usual Joker and Parasite update. <laughs> Joker has gone down one more spot to 16. Oh, that's pretty good. Parasite has moved up seven spots to number 46. It's in the top 50, mate. It's ridiculous. It's still going strong. I should rewatch Parasite. <laughs> I'll definitely be rewatching Parasite, believe me. And for anyone who actually has seen Parasite, we do have a bonus episode where we reviewed that a couple of months ago. So go back through the, the archives and check that one out. Aside from those two films, Avengers Endgame has dropped three spots down to 53. Ooh. And on the positive side here, we've got Judgment at Nuremberg has gone up to 145. The Help has gone to 236. And Barry Lyndon has moved up to 212. So two spot jumps for those three films. And that is the update for this week. Thanks, Ando. Oh, you're welcome, Dean. <laughs> All right, Dean, are you ready for this? Let's do it. Let's get into Pod V Pod 30. DVD challenge. 
Do it's been a while since I've heard that. I love hearing that. So much fun. All right. So for this Pod V Pod, we put the invite out to the audience. Give us some games. Give us some new games because I think it's I think it's uh, safe to say that we are retiring the quotes game because that my god that, that game that game is a piece of shit. It is. It was we, so bad. We tried it. It failed. Definitely. So we've asked the audience give us a couple of different games and we'll trial them. We may even if we if we like them we may even put them into a rotation in our Pod V Pods. Mm. Maybe stick with the quiz at the start, and then the second game will be a random one. That'd be good. So we've got five games here today. Obviously, whoever wins each game gets to give the other one a movie. Damn. <laughs> All right, for our first game, we're bringing back an old bumper here. Wait a minute. Don't I know you from somewhere? Now, it's not the game you think. It's not the game you think. It isn't the IMDb top four <laughs> movies. No, we are doing back and forth here. We are going to get a random actor generator here. One actor is going to pop up, and we're going to go back and forth naming movies from that actor with a five-second time limit. Now, we have actually done this before. Yes, you and Shane. Bro v. Bro episode. And I can tell you, it's harder than you think. Yes, and I, even, I even give you guys shit. Even listening back to that episode, I was like, oh my God, this is so easy. It was so funny it's that you couldn't, even, you couldn't even get one Mark Wahlberg film. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what did I say? Pain and glory or something? After, after the fact. <laughs> All right, so we've got five random actors here. Dean, you can kick off the first one here. Here we go. And we've got Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Modern Times. City Lights. The Tramp. He plays the Tramp. It's hard, all right? Come on. There's the bloody gold rush. There's the circus. There's great the dictator. great dictator. Yep. Uh, all right. That is. This is a good start. I like where this is going. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I saw Charlie Chaplin, I was like, well, I've lost this one. <laughs> All right, one point to me. Second actor for me to start with, Harrison Ford. All right, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Star Wars A New Hope. Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow, are you kidding? I lost it. What is wrong with you? Blade Runner, The Fugitive. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, my God, Dean. Apocalypse Now. Jesus Christ. Oh, this is... We should do this game more often. I think Shane is sitting in his house. (laughs) (laughs) How do you like that? All right. Two to me. All right. Third actor for you, Dean. Robert Duvall. Apocalypse Now. The Godfather. Godfather Part 2. Lucky You. The Judge. Wow. Going to 60 seconds? Yeah. Jeez, surely he's done more. Oh, he's done fucking heaps. I know, but I just can't believe I got the judge. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Buddy Robert Duval. Yep. Was he in like Space Cowboys or something? Probably. Yeah, most likely. All right, there's a point for you. Good. Yeah. So, it. Didn't ra- I didn't uh, do a flawless victory there. Listen to you. Two to one. Fourth actor, starting with me Heath Ledger. The Dark Knight. Ten things I heard about you. A Knight's Tale. Candy. Monsters Ball. The Imagination of Dr. Pisarius. Hmm. I will give it to you. It's Parnassius. I was close enough. Idle Hands. Well, you know the Heath Ledger. Oh, two hands. Two hands. Yeah, I know. I was, I was, wait, I was hoping that you didn't pick up on that. Two I hands. said it and I'm like, damn it. 
Yeah, idle, idle hands was wrong because I was thinking two hands. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So awesome. I'll, ta- I'll take that. That was bad. All right. Wow, you caught up. Two each. Two each. Okay. All right, last one. Here we go. Nice the start. clincher. Yes, you start. Okay. And we've got Robert Downey Jr. Oh, Iron Man. Iron Man 2. Iron Man 3. The Avengers. Uh, Infinity War. Endgame. The Judge. <laughs> Age of Ultron. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Civil War. Chaplin. Zodiac. Chances are... Natural Born Killers. Wow. Would you... You should have counted it at The Incredible Hulk. He's in that. Yeah, yeah. Would you count uh, Far From Home? Is he in that? There's images. Nah, Either I wouldn't, way, I, I wouldn't win. count that. Yeah. Oh, you won. Well done. Nice. Good stuff. All right, so I win that game. So I get to pick a movie for you. And I'm going to pick a documentary that I saw earlier on this year. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with Senna. Senna. Yeah. Nice. Good. That's definitely a movie I want to see. So, awesome. I see you're starting out very generous. So All the picks will be generous. I think we've I think we've both had enough of our, I'm giving you this shit film. I'm giving you this shit film. <laughs> All right, let's get into our second game, which is... It was horrible. It was the worst thing I've ever seen. All right, so what we've got here is five movies each. Now, the premise of this game is Dean and I have to guess the movie based off a one-star review from an IMDb casual reviewer. And a big shout-out to Julio from The Contrarians, awesome patron, who suggested this game of IMDb reviews. Yeah, thanks, Julio. We did a couple of these questions in our Pod V Pod V Pod. Yep. Uh, So we're going to give it another go here. Now, we must say that all these questions for the next three games are courtesy of our awesome patron. Yeah, having done a lot of questions before, I know how much work goes into this. So, honestly, really appreciate it, Shane, regardless of how this goes. All right, then you went first on the last one, so I'll go the first one here. All right, here we go. <clears throat> hey, if you want to see a weak storyline designed to make what's-his-name look like a real human being while scaring the heck out of small children, this is a great movie. If you like to see guns waved around small kids and completely inappropriate themes being played out at the expense of children, then this is your movie. What's his name? I hope you're ashamed of this movie. You should be. The nice side of the story, made to make the audience like you. What a sham. This really highlights the hollowness of American filmmaking and audiences. Thankfully, this is an old movie and long forgotten since that time. However, seeing a replay on television, it was deceptively an interesting story at first, but when you consider the themes running through it and the hype that would have been generated during its production and upon its release, it's a very disturbing movie. It belongs on the junk heap. Wow, that's hard. Any any initial thoughts? Yeah, I'm thinking Goonies, but there's a lot of things that were mentioned there. You're talking about Mr. Something rather like you're talking about a director. It must be like a, a big time director and the hype around this film. What was there hype around Goonies? Probably not. It feels like it's a ba- it's a bad guy, you know, terrorizing kids and that, but they try to make him look sympathetic. No, I, I, I don't know. I'll just say the Goonies. No, it's actually Kindergarten Cop. No way. <laughs> really? Wow. So we're talking about Arnie there, obviously. Yes. All right. What do you got for me, Hendo? I was shocked that this movie screenplay made it to film, and I'm generally disappointed in the population for remotely enjoying anything about the movie. 
the materialistic intention of this movie's release was so blatant, it had no substance. Some of the lines even seemed to be stolen word for word from Tim Burton's Batman and Batman the Animated Series. At least Batman and Robin went to the point of nearly drowning me in special effects and big sounds, so that I could forget that there was nothing to it. This sounds so much easier than the one I just said to you. It sounds like it's a Batman movie. And if you hadn't mentioned Batman and Robin, I would have said that. So, materialistic and you can't believe the the screenplay made it to film. I I could be way off, but there's so much Batman talk. I just think it has to be a Batman movie. Which brings us to, you know, how many has there been since then? Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, and obviously the Ben Affleck ones. I feel like the Ben Affleck ones might be a bit too easy. Materialistic, though. I'm just trying to think which film of that would be considered materialistic. I, f- I feel like the new stuff is too obvious. So I'm going to just say that maybe maybe it's The Dark Knight. I love how when they mention Batman and Robin, you immediately think it's after Batman and Robin. You can review movies at any time. It's oh, Batman Forever. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Next one for you, Hendo. Go for it. This movie is like some dumb women's are on picnic. They were well aware of the danger before entering into that new environment, but they act like dumb. <laughs> what would any... God. They act like dumb. What a sentence. Uh, Why would any army willingly send dumb people like them on a serious mission like this? They can't even watch a video which is showing reality. How can anyone go on a mission like this without basic knowledge of survival and equipment? Whoa, that took such a weird turn. I was just so all for Picnic at Hanging Rock and then this army weird war talk went on, but nothing else is coming to mind, so I'll just say Picnic at Hanging Rock. No, I actually thought this was gettable. Um, it was Annihilation. Women going into new environment. I got, I got hung up on the picnic thing. Yeah, I, <laughs> I really think you did. Because as I was reading that, I was like, God, you're going to get this for sure. Yeah, thanks, Shane. Uh, I know you're a perpetual hater of Annihilation. Yeah, you didn't write that review, did you, Shane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plot that's, that's twist, plot twist at the end. Yeah, they're, one all by, by no, they're all, they're all, all Shane. <laughs> all right, here's your second one. I knew nothing about this film before deciding to watch it last night. I thought it was going to be really funny, but instead it was a chick flick with no redeeming value whatsoever. I was angry and frustrated, and I kept hoping some paramilitary outfit would come along and machine gun all of them. Such phony, low-life, shallow, rich scumbags. I hated every single character. We drive fancy cars around Singapore, wear luxurious clothes, have lots of servants, drink champagne like water, have special plants that only bloom at night. We all got degrees from elite English schools, blah, blah, blah. The worst excesses of capitalism. A shameful, disgusting film. Is it Crazy Rich Asians? Very good. Awesome. God damn it. (laughs) You're in trouble now. (laughs) Okay, next one for you. Basically a bad rip-off of another bad film, There's Something About Mary. It should be retitled, There's Something About the Father of the Bride. Every joke is telegraphed and every scene is just as contrived as can be. Unless you're a Police Academy fan or really like that Mary movie, avoid this one at all costs. And they, they were really pushing the There's Something About Mary there. Father of the Bride, they said, so is it a Steve Martin film? It said Police Academy as well. It's got to do something with cops. Steve Martin, that's like a Farrelly Brothers movie. I feel like it's me, myself, and Irene. No. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Cop, Farrelly Brothers. What is it? Meet the parents. Ugh. You got the Ben Stiller connection and the father of the bride. Yeah, all right. Yep. Police Academy, eh? What the fuck is he one? talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen Police Academy, so I can't comment. No, you're not missing much. 
All right, your third one. This movie exists. That means there is no hope. You are kidding. That's it. One sentence. This movie exists. That means there is no hope. I mean, this. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think if there is a a big reboot of something, but nothing makes sense. I'm just going to go off the one word that I'll cling to. Star Wars, A New Hope. Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Okay. There is no hope. I don't... Okay. I don't see how that's even gettable. The hope, because it's a new hope. I don't know. But it's... Yeah, okay. Whatever. That was tough. Still up, though. All right, Hendo. You're number four. Awful. A dreadful disgrace. The film is the most cliched in cinematic history and is worthy of no respect. Even worse is how it is so flawless, yet it still is of no quality. I do not know how this film can be revered over others, such as Psycho, Apocalypse Now, Raging Bull, Easy Rider, or The Godfather, The Killing Fields, Some Like It Hot, and Casablanca, amongst others. Shockingly horrendous. Okay, I'm just going around movies that came out at the time that the other movies he was talking about, and... They talk about flawless masterpiece on Citizen Kane. That's the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Jesus. That's, that's a rough one. That's pretty hard. Okay, so all I can do is tie here now. <laughs> but let's see how we go. Hopefully you don't get this one. Poor acting, poor direction. Every theme cannot be made into a movie. This tragedy in our time could not. The horror of it all is just too great to be made into something that entertain a popcorn smacking, know nothing about history, clueless to suffering average audience. Would have been better to have left it alone. I'm reading these weird because this is what the review is showing me. Yeah. Is that it? That is it. I think, see, in my head, I'm thinking of that stupid film, which I've never seen. I think it's I think it's Robert Pattinson. And at the end, you realise it's they're in the World Trade Centre. I just don't know the name of that film. And it could be way off, but they're just saying it's a tragedy. A tragedy of modern times. It just makes me think of World Trade Centre. Bugger it. I know there is a film called World Trade Center, so World Trade Center. You couldn't be more wrong. Oh, okay. Schindler's List. Oh, of our, a tragedy of our times, really. When was, this, when was this written? <laughs> this tragedy in our time could not. Okay. Is that yeah. even a sentence? I don't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, I've got to get this. Well, at least there's some, some, some clues <laughs> some clues for you on this one. All right. Number five. Last one for you. Well... An Oscar award and rating of around 8 out of 10 on IMDb. This has to be a masterpiece. It was a masterpiece indeed. Every society has its own stereotypes, but America is leader of them all. And sadly, people do believe in what movies show. I mean, come on. Indians, irrespective of whatever time the director is referred to, in this movie, never eat snakes, beetle, crabs, eyeball soup and frozen monkey brains. I do not know about other societies, but in India, a large percentage of population is vegetarian. Oops! I guess in the next movie, Spielberg will show them eating mud and leaves. And I do not understand the reason why people try to ridicule some religion even when they don't know what it stands for. This is one of the most racist, ill-informed, pathetic piece of crap I've ever come across. This movie is primary example of why the rest of the world hates America. America. Wow. Can you just read that first part about the Oscar? It has an Oscar... Well, an Oscar award and rating of around 8 out of 10 on IMDb. It's about scenes of Indians eating monkey brains and... See, I'm I'm drawn to... I'm drawn to Raiders of the Lost Ark, but that's 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 not an A. That's like even higher, but this is like this is not fact. This is this guy saying, oh, it's got a, you know, roughly 8.0 on IMDb. Spielberg did Raiders... 
it feels like maybe like Temple of Doom style where they're eating all that type of stuff. I think it might give you more Temple of Doom than Raiders because Raiders is about the Nazis and Germans and that. I feel like Temple of Doom has a lot of that voodoo-ish stuff going on. Temple of Doom didn't have an Oscar though. Man, there's going to be some bullshit if, if it isn't even a Spielberg film. Because <laughs> I was thinking Slumdog Millionaire before you, before you said Spielberg. It would make sense for Shane to put that on here since we're doing that soon. Ooh. Is it like Indians from India or like Cowboys and Indians? Man, I know what's wrong with it. This is, I don't know much about like War Horse and... What's that other one he did? Always? That's not a... That can't be right. Uh, AI doesn't sound right. Certainly doesn't happen in Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, um, i got to go Temple of Doom. Correct! Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you might be talking yourself out of it there, but no, definitely uh, Temple of Doom. That was a good one. Did you Temple got- of Doom win an Oscar? Uh, according to this, yeah. I have no idea. I wonder if he's talking about Spielberg himself. Doesn't sound like it. Okay. All right. All I need for you is to not get this right now. Okay. Last one. Pure piece of propaganda. I actually believe Oscar was manipulated in the last moment and something went wrong. I wonder why the protagonist is not also a quadriplegic and deaf. This movie confirms Oscars are just political issue, as well as Nobel Prizes and similar events. So he says the main protagonist should be quadriplegic as well like also but I don't know if that means there's another character who is just trying to think political Oscar winners I mean you got peace prizes quadriplegic mentioned Oscars mentioned I I feel like I might actually be right on this is it Forrest Gump? no it is Moonlight really? okay yeah not much sense in that one the only thing you could really pick up out of that is with the, I actually believe Oscar like was manipulated in the last moment, like the whole controversy. Oh, okay. But other, than, I'm looking at the rest. I'm like, what is this guy going on about? Yeah. Okay. All right. So That's we have tight. a draw for game two. All right. I will take the draw. All right. In following on from the kind theme of the day, I'm going to give you Snowpiercer. Ooh, a little Bong Joon Ho. Yes. I'm okay with that. I bet you are. And in the spirit of Bong Joon Ho, I'm going to give you. The host. What's that? It's a Bong Joon Ho film. I figured. Is it uh, foreign? Yes. What is it? Nineties, two thousands? I think it's late two thousand, like late two thousands. And you've seen it? No. Okay. The host. Very good. All right. It's time for our third game, which is. You might be looking at three actors. Now, for this game, Dean and I have five movies apiece to give to each other, and the other one has to guess what the movie is based off three actors in the film. Now, a big shout out to Sam from the Movie Reviews and Twenty Qs. For this awesome game. Hopefully this goes well. All right, here we go. At least this won't be as long as the last one. Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, Eric Banner. So obviously the Eric Banner throws it. What is Eric Banner in with them? It's good to see the tone is set early for this one. Is it funny, people? It is. Yeah. That came to me immediately. I was like, is he in that? Some reason I couldn't get it out. So funny people. All right. One point to you. All right. Your first one. Philip Seymour Hoffman, James Rebhorn, and Kate Blanchett. Who was that second person? You, you would know him if you saw him. I'm going off two people here. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Kate Blanchett. Man, I was thinking Capote, but I don't know if she's in that or not. And then, for some reason, I thought of Mary and Max. She's got Kate Blanchett. She's an Australian. I know he did a voice in that little Australian film. That's what I'm leaning to. I don't think that Kate Blanchett was in Capote because you don't hear her being mentioned. It's all it's all Philip Seymour Hoffman for that film. This James guy's no, nah, he's not helping me out. Ah, whatever. Mary and Max. No, it is the talented Mr. Ripley. Okay, really went with the uh, non-Matt Damon Jude Law kind of people. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. Like you get Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill. <laughs> well, in fairness, he didn't say Adam Sandler, did he? Quit your whinge. <laughs> but, but to be fair, Eric Banner, Australian, you can name like what, five films he's been in? Anyway, one point to you. Let's see how we go with the next one. Billy Bob Thornton, Morgan Freeman, Holly Hunter. Jesus. Is it Deep Impact? No, it's Levity. Okay. Have you heard of that film? Yeah, I have. I have not. Okay, I have. Yep. Okay, fair enough. Cool. Um, Morgan Freeman and Billy Bob are in Deep Impact, aren't they? Billy Bob isn't. Isn't he? Robert Duvall is in Deep Impact. <laughs> what What film like that is is Billy Bob in Armageddon? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's where you got confused. That's where, I, that's where I was crossing over. Levity. I mean, I would never have got that. Okay, fair enough. All right, your second one. Michelle Monaghan, Vera Farmiga, Jeffrey Wright. Oh, Jeffrey Wright's throwing me off. So I can picture like four or five different films that they've all been in, but none are locking in together. Take a stab at just one of the films that one of them was in and hoping it matches, we'll say The Conjuring. No, it was Source Code. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can, I can vaguely remember um, Vera Farmiga being in it. I was oh, going to say Eagle Eye because that had Michelle Monaghan in it. Okay, yeah. No, okay, cool. Still one up for you. Your next one. Jeremy Renner, John Hamm, Pete Postlewaith. Jesus, I don't, I couldn't name many John Hamm movies. Pete Postlewaith. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking John Hamm movies. Keeping up with the Joneses, Baby Driver, Jeremy Renner wasn't in, and I, I honestly just don't think Shane would pick Keeping Up with the Joneses. <laughs> but like, I can't picture the other two in that. Um, Jeremy Renner, what's, oh, what was the, was it that Bourne one? I couldn't even name the name of that film though. The Bourne. Is it the Bourne something? Yeah, it is. Because the reboot was Jason Bourne, wasn't it? I mean, I don't think John Hamm was in The Hurt Locker, was he? Probably not. But I don't think it's Keeping Up With The Joneses, so fuck it. I'll just say Hurt Locker. No, it's Keeping Up With The Joneses. No, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> it was actually The Town. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. I was never going to get that. All right. I need a point here. Come on. What do you got go. for me, Shane? Here we go. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, Salma Hayek, Woody Harrelson. See, Pierce Brosnan just has Bond films, and that's that's not any of those. Just going through his other films that he's done, be like Thomas Crown Affair. Uh, not even it's not Mrs. Doubtfire. Selma Hayek. What could I throw her in? Frida. Maybe Woody Harrelson for like The People versus Larry Flint. Like maybe they're in there. Definitely don't think it's Natural Born Killers. Maybe it's like older Brosnan, like uh, I don't know, Mamma Mia. No, that's not happening. I feel like I'm leaning towards. People versus Larry Flint. That was like uh, mid-90s where Brosnan was the big star. Yeah, okay. The People versus Larry Flint. No, it's uh, a favourite of Shane's. After the Sunset. I haven't heard of that. Oh, I can picture the the yellow cover for sure. I thought you might get that, to be honest. Nah, never heard of it. Okay. All right. Thanks, Shane. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Two to go. John Travolta, Marissa Tomei, Ray Liotta. Hmm. Here's what I'm thinking. Marissa Tomei, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Uh, John Travolta, I feel like I would remember him, though. I don't think John Travolta's having a tiny little part. John Travolta, who was the other one? Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. See, that's someone that... What's he in? Narc? He's in Narc. It's not Identity. Obviously not Goodfellas. It's not that one we did a breakdown on. What was that movie? Smoking Aces. Bonus episode. Um... I'm going to say a film that I think would have a big cast that I haven't seen that stars John Travolta. Get Shorty. Wild Hogs. Okay. All right. What do we got? Wild Hogs, really? Yeah, Wild Hogs. Have you seen that? No, don't plan to. God. Okay. Your number four. Chris Cooper, Laura Linney, Ryan Philippe. Ryan Philippe. Jeez. It's kind of a short little filmography, isn't it? 
Is that? I don't know. Big for a while. I don't know. And you said that, I just thought of Kinsey. Chris Cooper is always a, a supporting role, so I can't really, yeah, think of it based off him. So what am I going, Ryan Philippe or Laura Liddy? Oh, my <laughs> God. What Ryan Philippe films are they? Didn't he do a couple of, like, mediocre stints in the late 2000s? Can't name any of them. I mean, you got your last summer movies, but they're not in those. Laura Linney, all I can think she's been in is Kinsey. And that's, uh, I just got to go with that. I'm going to say Kinsey. No, it's actually Breach. Never heard of that. Come on! That's a tough one. Jesus! From 2007, Breach. That that is legitimately difficult. Wow. (laughs) All right, your last one. Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland, Demi Moore. Okay, I'm thinking a few good men. Obviously, Kevin Bacon and Demi Moore is in that. Is Kiefer Sutherland in it? Does he play one of the army guys? Bugger, a few good men. Yeah, I was so shattered when I lost that last one because I knew you were going to get that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've lost. Yes, a few good men for sure. Nice. All right, let me see if I can get a point here. Okay, your last one. Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey, Charlie Sheen. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Patrick Swayze isn't in Ferris But I know Jennifer Grey and Charlie Sheen is in that. God, uh, no, it's Red Dawn. Uh, Okay, nah. Yeah, I I can see, obviously, Patrick Swayze. Uh, Charlie Sheen, I didn't know he was in that. Because I knew I thought you were trying to throw me off with the first two for Dirty Dancing. Then when you said Charlie Sheen, I went with the Jennifer Grey and Charlie Sheen, and just and just hoped Swayze was in there. But at some you point. know Ferris so well, like no, I, I don't. Would, you don't know Ferris Bueller's Day Off. How many times have you seen that? Twice, maybe oh, wow. a pinch. Okay, yeah. I've seen heaps. But I just remember she's the sister, and he's like a, yeah, a drug yeah, dad guy yeah. in, the, in the yeah in the police station. Okay. Either way, nice Dean. Wipe the floor with you yet again. Yet again hasn't happened yet. Yeah, okay. It's, it's it's one a piece and a tie so far. So calm your farm. <laughs> All right, the movie I'm going to give you, Hendo, is Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Nice. Mm. Been wanting to check that out for a while, so yes. it'll be a good watch. Hopefully, it is good. All right, time for our fourth game, which is the list is an absolute good. The list is life. Once again, big shout out to Sam from the Movie Reviews in Twenty Years for coming up with this awesome game. So what we've got here is. Three different topics each with 10 movies in in like a list form. Now, we'll start with me, and I have to name as many as I can off this 10-movie list. As soon as I get one wrong, I stop getting points. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I don't have to put them in order or anything. I just, yep. Yeah, just name 10 films. And if you get one wrong, you're out. Oh, yeah. okay. In my mind, I was thinking we'd have 10 guesses, but okay. One wrong, you're out. Okay, here we go. Your first topic of 10. Yes. Topic of 10. That's catchy. All right. 10 biggest box office bombs adjusted for inflation. He does, he, you can't say this, but he just did like the neck, the head tilt either side Preparing. like he's about to get into a boxing ring. Here we go. <laughs> you know First one. <clears throat> adjusted for inflation, is that what you said? Yes. Okay, um, I think this is definitely going to set it. I hope I'm on the right track here. John Carter? Correct. Ooh, okay. Do you want the numbers here? No, I don't care. Okay, that's one. I'm good with like like good numbers, but when they with the bombs, man, I'm not I'm not good with the bombs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. What? <laughs> it bombed. It didn't make as much money as it was intended. No, that is yeah. incorrect. Yeah, I'm so bad with the bombs. What do you got? All right, I there are some here that you would never get. Yeah. One I thought you would get though is Cutthroat Island. Mm, nah. Okay, but here we go. Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. Nope. King Arthur Legend of the Sword, Monster Trucks, Mars Needs Mums. What the fuck is Titan this? AE, The Lone Ranger, 40 Could have got the Lone Ranger. 47 Ronin and Stealth. What the Is this All right, this is the tone. All right. This I, is I, the I, tone. I, 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down, Shane. 
Okay. All right, Dean, here's yours. The 10 worst rated films on IMDb. Disaster movie. Very good. The Hottie and the Noddy. Very good. Son of the Mask. Very good. Baby Geniuses. No. Okay. So you got four. That's very good. Cool. The ones you missed out on were Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2. Okay. Manos, The Hands of Fate. Codename K-O-Z. Birdemic, Shock and Terror. Saving Christmas. House of the Dead. And Pledge This. Okay. I'm happy with that. Four's good. Yeah. All right. What's my next list? Okay. I have a feeling you're going to like this one more. Okay. (laughs) The winners of Best Original Screenplay from the 90s. Ooh, maybe he won't like this more. <laughs> oh, screenplays. Oh, man. Where do I even start with this? Okay, let's go American Beauty. Correct. Titanic. Uh, wow. How do you I know one so many. How do you not say Pulp Fiction? What is wrong with you? I was going through the best pictures from <laughs> that 99. That is so dumb. I'm like, Titanic. Titanic won shitloads. Surely it was one of those. <laughs> wow. Okay, here we go. Ghost. Thelma and Louise. The Crying Game. The Piano. Okay, I admit some of them are pretty difficult. Then you got Pulp Fiction, The Usual Suspects, Fargo, Goodwill Hunting You Should Have Got, Shakespeare in Love, and American Beauty. I think I, I think I, I definitely would have got Pulp Fiction and Goodwill Hunting if I was going and, and thinking of those, but I, just, I started going through the best pictures. And I, I, not, I got the Titanic, and I'm like, Titanic won like 10, 11 Oscars. This is surely one of them. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right, two points for me so far. Here's your one. The last 10 nominees for Best Original Screenplay. The last 10 nominees? Yes. So, does that? how does that work? Because isn't there five nominees a year? Yeah. How can there be a last 10 nominees? Oh, so that includes the winners? Yeah. Okay, so the Best Original Screenplay from the last two years. Yeah. I'm going to be hopeless at this. If I get one right, I'd be shocked. Okay, last year. What won Oscars last year? What won Best Picture last year? It was Green Book. Okay, did that win original screenplay? Maybe. Oh, but it didn't need to win. It just needs to be nominated. So what else was nominated that year? That was the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody year. Um, what was big? What was what were people thinking was going to win it? God, let's just get this over and done with. Green Book. There's a point. Okay. The year before what won Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I could not even tell you. Uh... And all these drafts we do, I still can't I can't name any. God, we would have drafted original screenplay. Every single one of them we would have gone through. You would through. have ranked them. Yeah, I would have ranked them. Can't tell you anything but the winner of Best Picture last year. <laughs> <laughs> what won the year before? See, this is a category I reckon you would do much better than me. I think this is a much more easy category than the, the 10 from the 90s. Well, you just approached that terribly. I didn't even say Pulp Fiction. Ah, uh, okay. I, I, I'm drawing the biggest blank. Bohemian Rhapsody. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what were they? Uh, the other nominees that are from last year. Here. Yeah. The Favourite, First Reformed, Roma, and Vice. Roma, should have got Roma. Yeah. And the year before, Get Out, The Big Sick, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, yeah, uh, fair enough. That was a much easier topic. All right, so it's five to two. Yep. Oh, and there's only one game left. Yeah, so i got to get three for the tie and four to take the lead. Okay. The last ten films starring Jack Nicholson. The Bucket List. Yes. The Departed. Yes. Just trying to think, like, what was the last thing I saw him in? I don't think he's done much at all these days. And it keeps circling around that mid-2000s era. The bucket list, I feel like, was one of the last things he did. Uh, about Schmidt. Yes. 
Man, how far back am I pushing here? What am I at three points here? So I need at least one more to... No, no, I'm tied right now. That's that's yep, good. That's, okay, so I'm in tight. it. I'm in it. Uh, let's push back a little further and go as good as it gets. Yes. Ooh, okay. How far back am I going here? Anger management. Yes. Okay. So that's five. Yeah. We've got half of them. I feel like I need to keep pushing back into the 90s here. I feel like as good as it gets, maybe too far back. What else did he do in the middle? Oh, Jack Nicholson. Anything from the, the 2000s that I'm missing? Did he score Scorsese a bit there? Yeah, I might be pushing too far back here. Yeah, okay. As um, A few good men? No. Okay, too far back. So you got five. The ones you missed, in order of recency. How do you know? What? I'm still here. Oh, okay. Something's got to give. Oh, yeah, okay. Should have got that. Yeah. The pledge? Probably should have got that. The pledge? Uh, you don't know the pledge? No. And the oldest one was Mars Attacks. Oh, Mars Attacks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I probably got to knock down another two there. So I need to get two for a tie and three for a win now. That's true. And in the same vein? Yeah, I thought it would be. Yeah. The last ten films starring Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. God, this will be way back, won't it? This guy never bloody works. Oh, I won't get this. Gene Hackman. Runaway Jury. Yes. It's annoying, like, as I'm sure you just experienced. You don't know how far back that is. Like, is that the oldest one there? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's so much better that we don't say, yes, that is number six or something on like, the list. Is, if, is that yeah? Is that the last film we ever did? It could be. And then I'll be thinking, oh, way back. So what year was that? That was like 2002, 2003 maybe? Runaway Jury. Okay, so Gene Hackman. Yeah, I'm struggling. I will say he's really not in much. I'll say Under Suspicion. Yes. Oh, God. There's a tie. That's a tie. Okay. okay. Oh, under, boy. Under Suspicion, I feel it was 2000, maybe? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> I legitimately just got him confused with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> he was Lex Luthor. <laughs> That's probably going too far back, though. Maybe. Oh, here's a win. The Royal Tenenbaums. Very good. Can I keep going? Nah, I've got the win. That'll do for me. Okay, his last film was Welcome to Mooseport. Okay, yeah. never never heard of that. Ray Romano, they're like trying to become the mayor of like this really small town. He's like this huge politician. Like, this, like, like Canada, this beaver town. Yep. Uh, he got Runaway Jury. Was it's- that the second latest? Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Behind Enemy Lines. Okay, yeah. Then The Royal Tenenbaums. Yep. Heist. Yep. Heartbreakers. Never would have got that. The Mexican. Wow, wow. Didn't know he was in that. The Replacements. Okay. Then Under Suspicion yep. and Enemy of the State. Okay, cool. Very good. Very good. Take that one down. For sure. All right, what movie am I watching? You'll be watching Sunshine. Well, the Danny Boyle film. Yes. Lovely. Good yes. stuff. All right, that's four games down, one to go. And, of course, it is our movie draft. All right, and for this draft, considering our next breakdown is a milestone. It's our 50th breakdown. So for this one, we're going to go with films we've done breakdowns on. Makes sense. It does. Now, we're only drafting the movies based off the movies and not off our breakdowns, okay? So don't go thinking, oh, I love your Hutchie breakdown or something like that. It's (laughs) based off the movies. I'm sure that'll be a problem for us. All right, and because last time on our draft on 1999 films, I went first, it's your turn to go first this time, Dean. So why don't we start with you? What is going to be the number one draft pick? All right. This is legitimately tough. This Oh, this whole thing is like... This is hard. Yeah. This is difficult. And I really feel like at the end of this, we're both going to have teams that we're both looking and go, well, either one, I'll, wait, I'll have. Yeah. Well, probably not. You, you will probably pick shit. But here we go. Uh, number one... I take slight offense to that. 
See, I think there's two probably that are above the rest in regards to this Twitter draft here. So I'm going to take one off the board. I'm going to take The Matrix. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Probably would have been my first pick. Nice. All right. So I get two here. And oh, man, what do you do? I'm going to go with Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. Very high on my um, potential list. So, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. And my second pick, I'm going to go with The Silence of the Lambs. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's that's early. You wouldn't have gone, like, I would have got it later? I'll be honest, that probably wouldn't make my top ten. Well, fair enough. We'll see how that works out for me. Wow, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Okay. Terrible pick, but okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two, which I can't believe you didn't take, is Die Hard. Yeah, it's on there. It's on the list. I just felt like uh, uh, the Saving Private Ryan, Silence of the Lambs duo was, was working. I can't believe I got The Matrix and Die Hard. Well, what are you going to have an entire action draft list here? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> Maybe I will head no. All right. Go for it then. <laughs> what are you picking now? Uh, okay, let me have a look through here. All right, I've got some old stuff, some more recent stuff. Give me the horror classic, The Terminator. Another action film. I see what you're doing here. All right, my third pick. I'm going to go with a film that is is quite popular. Quite popular when I look at the old Twitterverse. I'm going to pick The Thing. Oh, really pandering to the audience. Well, is that not what this is about? I mean, I guess, but I feel like I also want to really make it make the list my own. My fourth pick. I feel like I'm going more uh, more of a serious route here. I'm taking No Country for Old Men. Oh wow, you are super serious. I'm going deadly serious God, with this one. I wouldn't even have that on my top ten either. Ah, uh, jeez. Yeah, this is an interesting strategy from you, Hendo. Okay, so now I get my last two. Now, do I? Yes. Okay, let's look what we got here. All right, I. Speaking of popular, I think I'm going to go Logan. What? <laughs> what? Really? Logan? What's wrong with Logan? Is Logan, is Logan in your top 10 on your breakdowns? Uh, it could be. I don't think it is. Is the thing on yours? Close to it. Well, okay. The I, don't, Logan... I, I don't know about Logan. You... I can definitely understand your first three. I thought you would have definitely gone with something. I, I thought I had something shooting for you, like, without question. All right, we'll, we'll talk about this once once we've finished the list then. Um... And my last pick, oh, gee, I'm so tempted to go an animated film here, but I won't. Let's stick to action. <laughs> I'm going to go Mad Max. Oh, Road. Damn it. <laughs> I was hoping to take that for a fifth. I didn't think you'd pick it. Yeah. That was definitely my next pick. All right, my last one here. I can speak a little loud here. What am I? What am I? What are the two options? I'm, I'm thinking either Kill Bill or Holy Grail. Yeah, do I? I mean... Looking at this list, oh, there is there's no comedies in our draft so far. Do I balance it out with a little comedy? I've got so many super serious films here. No, I, I need an action on there. I'm going to go Kill Bill. I need a Tarantino on there. Ah, the comedy Kill Bill. Very good. <laughs> Kill Bill Volume 1. That's right. Don't be trying to shoo in some... The whole entire The whole thing. bloody affair crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, there we go. I got The Matrix, Die Hard, The Terminator, Logan, and Mad Max Fury Road. And I've got Saving Private Ryan, The Silence of the Lambs, The Thing, No Country for All Men, and Kill Bill Volume 1. I've got to say, I'm shocked that no one picked The Lion King or Toy Story. I was expecting... I thought probably before doing this, we would both have one of them. I didn't. You didn't? No, I didn't. I thought, looking at these films... I could have seen like yeah, eight at least eight of them being on the list here. So pretty close. What were you thinking I was gonna take? La La Land. 
Yeah, I, I considered Lala Batman Land. Begins. I thought about Batman Begins. <laughs> I was like, he's taking those. I'm okay with him taking those. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you got you got to pander to the audience, Hendo. <laughs> this isn't me voting on this. <laughs> All right, we'll put this. Well, this this uh, draft will be out already before this episode gets released. So this will be over by the time this comes out. So we'll already know who has won the draft. Now it is two to you, one to me with a tie so far. So if I win this, it will be an overall tie. And if we tie it, you'll still win. Yes, so... We'll see what happens on we'll the next see. episode. We'll see. And that's going to do it for Pod V Pod 30. That was a little bit of fun, wasn't it, Dean? That was a lot of fun, Hendo. Yeah, a couple of good games we had there. Some interesting trivia questions from Brother Shane. Yeah, great questions. Again, thanks so much. Yeah, that was absolutely. awesome. Yeah, so when we hit to Pod V Pod 31, we'll have another new guest on, and who knows what game we'll choose for game number two then. Exactly. All right, Dean, let's get into... That's my question! The question, jerk! Which is, what is your favourite movie car chase? All right, let's take a look at some responses over on Twitter. First run from Kaiguan Glynn. Great name, by the way. The end scene of Bad Boys. Now that's how you're supposed to drive. From now on, that's how you drive. Okay, next up from David Powell. Tie between Bullet and Death Proof. Campy honourable mention to the wonderful Death Race 2000. Fair enough. Ryan Taylor says the opening chase from Baby Driver. No question. The Accidental Pod says, Blues Brothers, police chase through the mall is a classic. Not my cup of tea, the old Blues Brothers. I haven't seen it in a very long time. But from memory, I think the car chases were the best part of it. Deboldi Resendano says, Somewhere between Freakins to Live and Die in LA and Frankenheimer's Ronin. Mm. Michael says, Aside from the entirety of Fury Road, probably Fallout's motorcycle to car chase. Fair enough. Arthur Ilsley says, Ronin. Have you seen Ronin? No. But my God, does it get a lot of mentions here. <laughs> I saw it a couple of years ago. It's it's a good car chase. I don't remember it too well, though. Mm. Mark Anthony Ailing says, It will always be the French connection. Never betted. Replay Value Podcast says, The SWAT truck chase in the dark night. Zombie Nomicon underscore R says, Hot fuzz. Fire up the roof. Seconds later, it's over. Jet Jaguar says, The chase. Never read of it. No. Brett Reese says, the one at the start of Baby Driver is awfully good. The John Spencer soundtrack only adds to the thrills. 143 says, heat. Friends and players say, you say car chase, the first thing I think of is the French connection. Please watch this podcast, says, place beyond the pines for sure. Dash cam, police car in pursuit of a motorbike through a cemetery, all right angles and tight corners. Intense. Pull up Seymour Hoffman. (laughs) Says, Ronan is technically tops for me, but I live for each of the big car chase scenes in the Mad Max franchise. Here's one from Fred. Opening scene from John Wick Chapter 2 is pretty sweet. He literally uses the car as a weapon. Ali Axoy says, William Friedkins to live and die in LA. Another mention there. Yeah, haven't seen that one of you. No, I'm sort of off William Friedkin at the moment. Yeah, he's not in the good books right now. <laughs> Lamar Jackson Stan account says, Drive. Chris says Mad Max Fury Road, the entire movie is one massive car chase. A lot of love for Fury Road. Probably, pro- so? probably a good thing I picked it, Hendo. <laughs> <laughs> JD at the In Session Film Podcast says Bad Boys 2, the most entertaining and hilarious car chase of all time. Will the real horror show please stand up, says Tarantino's Death Proof. William says no one seems to have mentioned Bond. What about Tomorrow Never Dies? Or the Tank in Goldeneye? Or the Spy Who Loved Me Lotus? Or the License to Kill Tanker Chase? Come on! All right, very uh, passionate there, which we always love. Now, moving over to our Facebook page, 
Epic Film Guy Nick says, I don't know about favourite, but I absolutely adored the car chase slash motorcycle chase in Mission Impossible Fallout last year. Talon Crichton says, you can't go past Bullet. However, my top three would be Blues Brothers, Baby Driver, and Drive. Sounds like you can go past Bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Harris says, Gone in 60 Seconds, the 1974 version, which I did not even know existed. Uh, Me neither. You learn something every day, don't you? Tony Ijeb says, The Long Shot in Children of Men. Patron Josephine Olnitz says, I will have to say the car chases in the Danish, seriously, <laughs> Ingang Stormer from, uh, I think I did all right there. No, no? it's Ingang Stormer. Gee, that's much better. Why didn't you do this one? <laughs> from 1987, directed by Anders Reffen. And speaking of patrons, let's head over to our Patreon for our lovely, lovely patrons. First one from the Rough House podcast. A Dark Horse candidate is the freeway scene from Matrix Reloaded that was the highlight of the later two thirds of the trilogy. Chris Beardsale says, Bad Boys 2, completely over the top and ridiculous, but so much fun. Brother Shane says, Matrix Reloaded is the most memorable to me. Aliani Silvermist says, no question for me, the OG, Bullet. Have you seen Bullet? No. Have you? No, I haven't. Moving on. Brian Grabianowski says, Ronan. Jay says, Blues Brothers. And our last one here from Ben Mulverhill, Mad Max Fury Road, the whole film. If that answer is a cop-out, then I'll say the end chasing Nightcrawler. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I thank you very much, everyone, for your responses. But, Dean, let's get to our top five car chases in movies. Now, I want to set some criteria here. I was going through all what? these. You can't. Oh, no, for me. For me, you idiot. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I went with I went with chases that were just like car on car. Like if, it, if there's no double cars involved, I sort of pushed it aside. So that's, that's what my five films will center around. Okay. I'll start, shall I? Yeah. Number five, Baby Driver. Which one? The car's chase at the start. <laughs> All right, well, my number five is The French Connection. Mm. Did not make my list. No, because you don't like that film, I did a.k.a. Re- you have no taste. I did re-watch that car chase, though. It is really good. Like, they, none of that was, you know, choreographed and... No, it was very gorilla Especially the one where the car smashes into him. That was just a guy trying to get through. Yeah. Uh, my number four, The Born Identity... When they're going through, I think it's Paris. Is that in the, in the, the little, little mini? Car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not bad. Uh, for my number four, I mean, I can't have a car chase list without having a Bond film on here, can I? And I went with Die Another Day, the car chase over the ice. Seriously? It's so fucking epic. I, when I was, what? Yeah, I love that, that scene where they're shooting the missiles at each other over the ice. It was fantastic. When I was watching that when I was like 15, mate, it was one of the greatest things ever. Jesus. My number three, it's been mentioned, Mission Impossible Fallout. The motorcycle chase. Fair enough. My number three is the whole car chase in Death Proof. Fuck, I love that. I love that whole car chase. Mm, didn't make my list. It was it was close. Yeah. Uh, my number two. Originally, I didn't have this on my list, but the more and more I thought about it, I accepted that this was all part of the criteria of car chase. And all someone part has of the plan. Some yes, someone has mentioned it. It's the Dark Knight. So that whole thing through the underground. And it ends with the Batmobile being turned into the the Batpod. Yeah, it's it's all great stuff. So yeah, I uh, didn't make my list because it's yeah, bike on truck kind of things. Fair enough. Yeah, my number two, you've mentioned it. It's the opening scene of Baby Driver. Oh, nice. Love that. Love it. And my number one really was never a doubt either. And I'm. I th- think you would have the same one. Okay. Or maybe not judging by that reaction. It is The Matrix Reloaded. Damn straight it is. Yeah. That, that, even that after is, all that. It's like 20 something minutes of awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. Even after all that, we had two the same. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's sickening. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Why don't we find out what the next list we're doing, Hendo? Well, the next list is actually from Patron Shane. Oh, nice. Yeah, as it is his time now to be picking a lot of stuff for us. So he's going with, what is your favourite unexpected death in film? Hmm. That's different. It'll be spoilery, I reckon. Be very spoilery. So we might start throwing out a couple of spoiler warnings when we get to that one. Well, I think the way we do it is just say the movie. And then if you don't want to hear it, then we say it. They can skip forward. We'll be fine. I reckon if we say the movie, the people who've seen it will know what death we're talking about. We've got to talk about the deaths. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Thanks, Shane. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, Dean, let's find out the latest results of our best 2000s film tournament. The first match here, The Dark Knight, easily beats No Country for Old Men, 74%. You say that. You sent me a message when it was at 50%. And, and was, you was, were like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it did It did run away in the end. Uh, next up, we have Before Sunset getting destroyed by Inglorious Bastards, 88% to 12 Here's another destroying from Gladiator to How's Moving Castle with 73% of the victory. Next up, The Departed destroys, ah, oh, yeah, dispatches easily. Million Dollar Baby, 70% to 30%. i would say anything that's 70% or higher is, is a destroying. Much like this one, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers with Ooh. a 96% win against <laughs> my father and my son. Wow. Surprise at the 4%. Ooh, this next one hurts. The Pixar battle. The Pixar battle. We had Wally up against Monsters Inc. And I went for the outsider here. I did I did go for Monsters Inc. and it lost. 57% to 43. Don't underestimate the awesomeness of Wally. Well done, Wally. Here's one I'm very satisfied with. City of God takes out Secret in Their Eyes with an 85% win. And lastly, here, The Lives of Others, which is a fantastic film, loses to Amelie. 74% for Emily. Okie doke. We won't be bringing out the next matches right now because this week will be our Pod v Pod movie draft. All right, Dean, it's time for this week's podcast promo shout out. And it's not for a podcast this week. It is for just the general hashtag Pod and family. This is an awesome little Twitter community we've been a part of now for nearly two years coming. Many, many, many different podcasts get on the hashtag Pod and family and we get out there and share each other's content. Yeah, it's a great way to establish relationships, make some new podcast friends. It's a really, really helpful uh it has certainly been one of the biggest ways we've managed to have so many different podcast friends out there because of this hashtag pod and family. So get out there and look up hashtag pod and family and check out all the awesome podcasts that attach their name to hashtag pod and family. Of which there are many. What is the pod and family? <laughs> Hi, I'm Gareth. I'm Bex. And we're from the Gareth's Random Rambling Podcast. This is Nick from the Epic Film Guys Podcast. Hi, this is Leo. This is Kitty. This is Midgey. Fez here. Cobra here. And we're from the Afterburn 739 Podcast. This is Octopus Caveman. And this is the Green Korean. From the Dave Podcast. This is Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews Podcast. We are you. Podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. So follow us on Twitter at Potter Family. Use the hashtag Potter Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Potter Family, where great podcasts come home. Hey, listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there. And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, Podbean. 
We're very thankful for Podbean for taking on our podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site and it's got this great app with it as well. Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode that you're watching and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. Amazing. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterbox.com slash dino underscore j. 88 really rolls off the tongue and you can find hendo at letterbox.com slash hendo exactly another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on itunes for us or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more why not check out our patreon where we post another weekly show breaking down films not on a top 250 list yeah we've actually got over 50 episodes on there now we've gone through some notable directors filmographies such as wes anderson edgar wright and even quentin tarantino that's right there's also tons of other benefits over there early access to our main show patreon only polls that we put up on the regular yeah exactly you can also shape the show the way you want it to be by telling us what films you would like us to break down so what's coming up this week mate well dean we were originally going to put out our slumdog millionaire breakdown for the patrons but we need to push that back one more week because uh two full breakdowns in one week it's uh it's going to be a bit hard to handle so we're going to push that back one more week and we're giving the patrons another patron requested breakdown and this one comes from one of our new patrons jay and he selected Kevin Smith's Clerks. Nice. That will be a fun film. Oh, I cannot wait. And I'm I'm genuinely looking forward to rewatching this. I watched this for the first time when I was probably 15, black and white. I was pretty bored by it. I think, especially being in retail now for so long, I think I'm really going to appreciate it. I think I watched it earlier on this year for maybe the 15th or 16th time, so... Yeah, I know it off by heart. In fact, this would probably be the film that I've already seen that I would have the highest expectations of watching again. Which means you're going to shoot the shit out of it. And you're I gonna, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear your thoughts too. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. The good. <laughs> the bad. All right, before we get into what else we've been watching, as always, I'll just give a quick mention that we will not be spoiling these films. So if you haven't seen them yet, don't fear, we won't ruin them. Hendo, how many films have you seen? I've seen nine. How about you? Also nine. All right, then. Well, why don't we start off with you, mate? What is your number nine film? My number nine film is a film that I saw on Netflix. I watched that stupid little 10-second trailer they make you watch when you're scrolling through. And you know what? I saw Emma Stone was in it, and I got excited. Instant instant play. Instant something. So oh, dear. <laughs> it started, and I somehow watched this whole thing. It is The House Bunny with Anna uh, Faris. What? Yep. Uh, I have no excuses. I'd like to apologise to everyone for even bringing this film up. It's it's god awful, and I I almost I was almost like feeling bad for Emma Stone for being in such a piece of shit film like this. It's it's rough. It's it's very corny. The messages are so just rammed down your throat. We get it, you know. Be nice to everyone. Anna Faris has got to be one of my most hated actresses as well. <laughs> so yeah, didn't like it. Uh, one star. Fair enough. I will never be watching that film. All right. I've got a review here from One Star Bazaar. Oh, One Star. Seems appropriate. Let's see what he has to say. Anna Faris is absolutely amazing. Pure comedy gold. (laughs) What? The movie might seem superficial at first glance, but it has heart. A deeper message of finding yourself, embracing your differences, and supporting and encouraging those around you. I'm glad that you got something out of this film. One Star Bazaar. Was that review funnier than anything in the film? 
Ah, a couple of smiles while I was watching. Yeah, a couple of chuckles. Yeah, a couple of chuckles. All right, your number nine film, Hendo. Well, I've got a couple of films left that I did for the All the Horror Challenge. I want to talk about two films here together. I want to talk about Happy Death Day, and I'm going to talk about Happy Death Day to You, the sequel that came out this year. Let's obviously start off with the original Happy Death Day from two years ago. Do you know about Happy Death Day? No. It's essentially the horror Groundhog Day. Oh, what? Yeah. So I love there, Groundhog yeah, Day. Exactly. There's this teen girl. Is Phil Connors in it? No. What about Ned? Ryerson. No. Needle Nose Ned the Head. Case Western High. We've done the breakdown. <laughs> we know it. We- no, she basically keeps getting killed over and over in oh, this Groundhog brutal. Day situation, and she's trying to figure out who the killer is. And for the original Happy Death Day, I did like that idea of trying to find the killer over and over, which led to some pretty entertaining kills along the way. You know what? I think I've seen this. Have you? I think I have. I think what lets this film down is the, the actual end result. I think that it was pretty overall ridiculous and quite implausible. So that gets a three star for me because it is still very entertaining. And then we get to Happy Death Day to You, the sequel. And this is my number nine right here. It's basically the same premise, except now she goes into it like happens. It's it's the story straight after. Straight after the so first it's same one. Same cast and everything. Yep, same cast, like almost identical. But this time she's stuck in this parallel universe now. And it's a couple little changes throughout it. What I liked about it was there are actually some good questions raised about making specific choices in your life and ultimately trying to make the right one. The thing that really dragged this film down for me was that at least with the first one, it had an intriguement of like the unknown quantity to it. Like she was figuring this stuff out as she went along and the best way to attack this problem. Here, she knows about it. She knows this problem. So she goes straight into it and there's no real mystery or any new th- any anything else that she can learn along the way. So mm. it's very much rinse and repeat with this film. So it is a two and a half star film for me. Oh, okay. We're on to your number eight. My number eight is Dora and the Lost City of Gold. All right. Why wouldn't they just call it Dora the Explorer? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's no need to tack on of, this one Lost of last City great of mysteries. Gold. Yeah, it is. Um, this film, you know, it's not bad. It's really not bad. I watched it with all the kids. They sat down and watched the whole thing, which is always a good sign. Do you feel like they were doing that that extra subtitle there because they wanted to make it look more like uh, Lara Croft? Like Lara Croft in the Cradle of Life. I mean, there is similarities. Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. We'll say the actress who plays Dora, who I have not bothered to look up, she's really well suited to this character. Yeah. She really is. And there's some, there are some genuinely amusing bits at times, but it is... It's aimed at very young children. Yeah. It's very predictable. It's corny. It's very Indiana Jones in parts as well. Like, they're looking for treasure and stuff. Yep. Raiding tombs, you could say. So, I'm I'm probably too rough on it. I'll I'm, I'm give it two stars because of my personal enjoyment on it. It's not a bad film, though. What, what would the kids give it? I don't know. Five stars, so, for sure. No, no. They're <laughs> tough critics, too. Don't worry. Um, okay. We have a review here from Ryan L. Terry. Dora was surprisingly good, enjoyable, and fun. Even some funny self-referential moments. Oh, there are some super self-referential moments in this film. Yeah. Yeah. I bet if you're a huge Dora the Explorer TV show fan, you would just be picking up on Easter eggs left, right, and centre. All right, then. Well, my number eight is Good Boys. You do not want to go to Soren's party not knowing how to kiss. We could spy on my neighbour. She's a total nymphomaniac. She starts fires. No, she's a nymphomaniac. Someone who has sex on land and sea. This is what happens when you don't respect women. I respect women. My mom's my best friend. What about me? But that's gonna kill me. Chill. This is how we get the drone back. Picture this. I'm a. You took my bag. Don't get any closer. Oh my God. There's Molly in there. Okay. 
Who's Molly? Because she's not with us. Sweet Jesus. Just give us our Molly! It's my number seven. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Overall, I'm not a fan. Look, there is, there is a good message here about growing up, learning life experiences, and I think the three lead kids all did pretty well. For what they were given. Exactly, for what they were given, because it's this is just not funny in the slightest. What they are given is one joke redone 200 times. This shtick that you're watching these young kids be filthy and ignorant of like all the dirty references that are going on, it's just replayed over and over again. And if you don't like it the first time, yep. you're in some serious trouble with this film. And I didn't like it the first time. I even this is one of those trailers that I actively disliked. I was like, oh, this is not. This funny. is what they're doing. Yeah, they they treated it as the uh, it's the very young super bad. It's I'm like maybe I might have found that funny when I was like 15, but no, yeah. not no. now. Hard to believe that uh, that was uh, Jacob Tremblay of Room. What's he doing with himself? Yeah. Oh well, it's a shame. I think Room is probably going to be a you know, Haley Joel Osment, Sixth Sense style film for him. Certainly shaping up to be that way, isn't it? All right. Good uh, Boys for me gets two stars. Uh, two and a half for me. Okay. All right. Your number seven is Good Boys. Pay pay attention, Hendo. I thought that was your eight. My number eight, eight was Dora. Dora. God. My number seven is The Witch or The Vavitch. Isn't it Witch? I've seen people write the VV itch. Well, the poster has the VV itch. Like the W is separated. So everyone just gone along with it and gone, yeah, it's The Vavitch. What's it on IMDb? Because that is our Bible. <laughs> that is true. It is The Witch. Aha. Yeah, so The Witch, I remember famously between you and I, you said that you turned it off after a couple of minutes. Oh, they try to like do weird stuff with a baby. I was like, fuck this. Yeah, I'm and out. I was trying to prepare myself for that. And when it happened, I was like, oh, really? That's it? There wasn't much to it. It's I think a- maybe you turned it off because of the notion of what would happen, but nothing actually happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Anyway, th- this- is a very incredibly realistic production setting. Like, this is super authentic. I actually went and looked up a little bit of behind the scenes about this. And Robert Eggers, the the amount of craftsmanships he goes into this film to make it so authentic for the time is pretty outstanding. The problem is, he's gone with this old folky dialogue, like, like sort of Shakespearean type of talk. And I could not understand half the things they were mentioning along the way here really took me out of the film. Like, I understand that it's super authentic for the time and that's how they speak and that's the inflections and the way it would happen. I just, I, I lost I lost my train of thought throughout this. I didn't, didn't even know what they were saying half the time. So it does get a two and a half from me. Fair enough. Okay, here's a review from Action Maniac. The Vavitch is a very good slow burn horror The tension builds masterfully. Anya Taylor-Joy is so good and the kids are good as well. The ending is chilling and perfect. All right, over to your number six. My number six is Dolomite is my name. Dolomite, Dolomite is, is my, my name, name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Oh, he's what do you do with your hair? You look like a pimp. It's all pretend. I just created a character. Dolomite, <laughs> you true. Pull on it. Oh, that's oh, a wig. That's right. Whatever it takes, I'm ready to do it. I got to be totally outrageous. It's filthy. You've got a product here that you can't sell or promote. So you've seen it. I have seen it. I liked it. Okay, good. It you was, didn't. It was It was fine. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, he's back doing his thing. I don't like Eddie Murphy anymore. I watched him recently in a long interview with uh, Jerry Seinfeld on a- Comedians of, and Cars Getting Coffee? Yeah. Did you watch that? No. 
Um, it wasn't one of the episodes that was like this special and he's on the stage being interviewed. He's hopeless. He is just so past what he used to be. It's oh, there's funny. no there's no denying that. But watching this film, I just I didn't see a return to form which Really? Because yeah. I, I kind of did. I felt like he was kind of almost playing himself as well here, this guy who- That's not a good thing. Let me finish. The guy who is trying to get back into the game and he's desperate to do it and he's working his ass off and you can see- the emotion that is going through his performance here, that he's trying to make it work again. And I, I bought him in this role. I thought he did really well. I found it was pretty funny at certain points as well. I had a fair good couple of chuckles during this film. See, I, I didn't have those fair good couple of chuckles. Yeah, I did. So that's why I found it very entertaining. And I also liked the the true story nature about it, about a guy just trying I to make his movie regardless. I didn't realize it was a true story. Yeah, and that's, that's sometimes there's where you can look up a little bit of information prior to the movie. So I reckon you would have seen at the end, like, Rudy Ray, and you're like, oh, yeah. oh my God, this is yeah. true? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, I knew going in that this was a, a true story. So it was, I was able to follow that and see the story of his movie being made. And I thought that was mm. interesting. Fair enough. So for me, that's actually a three and a half star film. Oh, wow. No, yeah. two and a half for me. All right, my number six was Happy Death Day. So back over to you for your number five. My number five is Terminator Dark Fate. Also which, my number five. Which we do have a bonus episode on. So go and check that one out if you haven't already. And straight back to you, your number four. It's Game Changers. Oh, I've also watched that. Not my number four. <laughs> okay, well, Game Changers is a film basically about this guy who tries to overcome an injury and- in- Documentary, we should say. Yeah, a documentary, sorry. Um, and in doing so, he looks into the benefits of not eating any meat and going with a full-on- Vegan. Vegan the full. Diet. This is a documentary yeah. about the benefits of vegan. And there's what actually brought me to it initially was seeing Schwarzenegger- they're saying, like, agreeing with all this mm. stuff and seeing someone who you respect, at least in a, like, bodybuilding, you know, human body growth yeah. stuff, say that, you're like, okay, there must be some truth to it. And watching this documentary, it was pretty entertaining. It was pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. I agree. To be honest, though, it didn't really leave any lasting impact on exactly. me. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to, like, I compare it to a film like that sugar film, which did leave an impact on me. And for a while, I tried to get rid of sugar, which is so hard to do. I've actually been doing quite well with that recently. I've, I've my sugar intake is quite limited now. I mean, mine is too, but I'm not. Yeah, I can see you. You've, uh, you've you've lost it. You've lost a bit of weight, mate. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I was waiting for you to say something, um, but no, I um. Well, I didn't want you to gain any weight in your head. <laughs> oh, okay. Three stars for me. Yeah. You, you make a good comparison there to that sugar film. And I think the reason there is because the guy who does that, I think his name is Damon Gamo, I, I think, he's he's just a normal guy and he's he's like us and he's going through that journey. This is more about how Elite vegan- Elite sportsmen. Uh, yeah, about yeah. elite sportsmen people, sports people. And I'm sitting there going, well, I'm not like that. I'm just a re- regular Joe Schmo. I think I'm quite happy here with my meat and I, I don't feel like crap. I think I go quite well. So I'm, I'm glad you're happy with your meat and yeah. think you go quite well. That's right. <laughs> you got to throw as many puns in as possible. Uh, no, for me, it's three and a half, though. Okay. So, pretty similar. Over to me for my number four, Rosemary's Baby. Nice. Yeah, a Roman Polanski film that everyone just goes on about how much of a masterpiece this film is, this, this iconic horror classic. Is Not- this the one with the woman who's, like, screaming, like, oh, my baby? Is that real famous, like, where she's screaming about her baby? Could be. I think it is. Yeah, this is not the movie I expected. Is it super slow? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a slow build. I thought it was something more like the omen, like devil, basically evil devil baby who 
kills everyone. I was expecting like a lot of really gruesome murders and that. Mm. No, not in the slightest. I'm trying to think. I don't. Maybe there's not even a murder in this film. Okay. It's a it's a slow build. There's definitely bouts of tension. The first third really sets it up, and then once the incident happens, and then you realize what this movie really is about. That's when it picks up a bit, and you can see everyone around this woman basically being puppet masters. And you see them from such a different light now. Like the, the roles have changed from the first third of this film. For some reason, I also got a bit of hereditary vibes as well from that film. So by saying that, I mean hereditary got some Rosemary Baby vibes. I think overall, this film is is way too long. It's, I think I believe it's nearly two and a half hours. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and it was generally just fine. Like no. there's not, there's nothing, there's nothing special about this film whatsoever. It's three and a half for me. Jeez, you sounded very negative for a three and a half star review. From the t- from the second third up to the end, it's pretty decent. Yeah, but it still feels long, and that first third took a bit to get into. Fair enough. Over to your number three. My number three is the farewell. I need to see this. Yes, so the farewell is about a Chinese woman who gets told that her grandmother is dying. And she needs to, they organise this, basically this phony wedding to sort of celebrate the end of this woman's life because in Chinese culture, it's common for the families not to tell like the old people who are dying that they're dying because it basically will uh, speed up that process. Yeah. Is what the belief is there. This is a very different film. Like, I actually really like the premise. I think the sort of what what gets kicking, what gets moving along is quite interesting. I really did like the sense of family dynamics here. You get such a great idea of who each character is and the protagonist, the arc that she goes through, I didn't really expect. So, I was quite satisfied with that. Um, The bad for me, it just didn't grab me on that emotional level. And I feel like this... Not sappy, but at least heavily emotional drama about family and death. Should have. Should have got you deep in the feels. It didn't. Okay. And I found that was an issue for me. The ending, obviously no spoilers, both good and bad. So, if you've seen it, you might know what I'm talking about. Probably not, though, because that's super vague. Anyway, the farewell <laughs> for me, three stars. Fair enough. I will be... Hopefully checking that out, probably within the next two weeks, I reckon. Good. All right, we've got a review here for The Farewell from Anthony's Film Review. The Farewell is a touching film about family that ultimately has universal appeal. Fair enough. Over to your number three, Hendo. Dolomite is my name. Back to you for your number two. My number two is The Peanut Butter Falcon. So, Peanut Butter Falcon is the latest Shia LaBeouf film, uh, which he obviously has mixed successes I really like this film. Yeah. It's a really, it's a different story. It's about a guy with Down syndrome. Yep. And him and Shia LaBeouf meet and they're both at super different, you know, stages in their life. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing their bond form. It See, this got me. This got me on an emotional level. Nice. I wasn't crying, but I felt that relationship- very, very strongly. It was very believable. Shia LaBeouf and Zach Gottsagen, they're fantastic in this film. They really do bring bring the emotion here. And, it, yeah, it was good. You've also got a pretty decent supporting cast as well, I must say. Dakota Johnson, John Hawkes, Thomas Hayden Church, Bruce Dern. They're all... They all play their roles really, really well. Actually, in particular, Thomas J- Hayden Church. He's he's quite good. He's quite good. Fair enough. So, I, I think you'll like this. You definitely should watch this one. High on the watch list. So, I give it three and a half stars. Fair enough. 
All right, we've got a review here from Interpreting the Stars. The Peanut Butter Falcon recently reached the top of my 2019 ratings by a clear mile or kilometre. It's kilometre. It's nearly perfect and displays amazing chemistry, messages and tugs on those heartstrings in a way I haven't seen for years. Glowing review there. All right, Hendo, your number two. The Game Changers. So back to you for your number one, but swing it back to me as well for my number one because- We will both have The Irishman. Absolutely, by a country mile. So if anyone hasn't listened to that bonus episode, go and check it out. We do a big spoiler-free review there before kicking it off with the spoilers. And all right, that's going to do it for another Pod V Pod episode. It's great having another battle with you, mate. It is. It is. It was uh, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And always, I'm always is. quietly confident that I should should get this win with my strong list of action films. <laughs> Man, if only it was a draft on action films, I would definitely take yours. But for next week, it is Brother Shane's breakdown pick. It's LA Confidential. Ooh. It's going to be a good one. So until then, thank you very much, listeners, and we will see you for LA Confidential. Bye. Bye.